0: What is up, everybody? This is Alex, and you are listening to the American Toffee Podcast, serving up the latest Everton news with stateside views. So I want to start off, per usual, by saying thank you so much for tuning in and supporting me. Um, It's been a ton of fun so far. Today, I think, is going to be one of the most fun uh, podcast episodes I've done on Everton thus far. Um, All we're going to do is we're going to talk about post-match Leicester City versus Everton, and then we're going to go into a transfer window roundup. You know, I'm going to sum up everything that's gone on, all the ins and outs. We're going to talk about the first team and then some of the younger guys, and I'll give you a little bit of my opinion on on a lot of the moves and how I think some of it will play out. So, starting out the post match, uh, Leicester City visited Goodison Park today, um, and so Everton lined up in a in well, they called it a four two three one, but It looked a lot more like a 4-3-3 per usual. Obviously, undisputed pick for started in goal. Now here's the fun part. Back four of Seamus Coleman. That's right, I said it, Seamus Coleman. First start in, I believe, close to a year, if not a year, after his double leg break. Uh, We had Jags and Keane at center back and Kuko Martinez at left. We had a midfield three of Ghana, Davies, and Rooney. And then we had a front three of Walcott, Nias, and Sigurdsson. Uh, The front three is really what threw me off. Besides, obviously, Sheamus starting it right back. So for the stats for this match, uh, we ended up with 45% possession. And that kind of threw me off when I saw that statistic because it felt like we had maybe closer to 55 you know. I thought that we definitely looked more dangerous the entire match. Um... It felt like we did indeed control the midfield, and Diddy uh, on Leicester was really poor, and I don't know if that that's, you know, he had an off day, or, you know, part of it is because we successfully implemented a, a, a high press. But I think the 45% possession, if, if you're looking at the stat and you didn't watch the match, um, I think that's a little bit deceiving. So, the crazy part, right? Nine shots, four on target. That's fantastic. We went, how many weeks was it, without even a shot on target? Uh, I want to say I saw a statistic somewhere. Someone mentioned it a couple weeks ago saying we went six matches with one shot on target. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but I remember seeing something along those lines. And so if you were watching today, I think you you were pleasantly surprised in general. But here's something that really uh, caught my eye. And that was a 67% pass accuracy. And maybe I play a little too much FIFA, but I think 67% pass accuracy is garbage. It is awful. You see uh, some of these teams like Man City, and obviously Man City is kind of an outlier, right? They are absolutely, without a doubt, undisputably world-class. And, you know, the name of their game, game is possession. But, you know, they'll see, you'll see them with, you know... 80% possession and that's, that's, that's pretty normal. Sorry, not 80% possession, 80% pass accuracy. And that's normal. I don't think that that's, that's, you know, too much to ask for. And, you know, they're pulling that with 60, 65% possession. I said it right that time, possession. Um, so 67% pac- ac- passing accuracy. Now, my only thought could be maybe it's thrown off because of all the balls that are just, you know, randomly cleared off the line. You know, anytime anytime we're put under pressure, we like to do that under Big Sam. And I'm thinking that's a big part of it. But I will say that I'm not sure if anyone else noticed it or maybe it's just me, but the center backs, specifically Michael Keane, tried to or he, he made an attempt to play the ball out of the back a lot more than than they usually than he usually does this season. Um Yalke has always been pretty good at it cuz if you don't if you remember uh years and years ago he actually played as a central midfielder and I think he converted as a center back. I'm pretty sure that's that's the case. Um but it, it did actually look like the center backs I'd say in the middle maybe the middle 50 minutes, you know, you know, not counting the first 15 20 and the last, you know, 15 20 minutes. I think that they They looked pretty comfortable and they did, you know, attempt to not boot it all the way up the field. Obviously still occurred, but uh, I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping that that was a big, a big uh, part of contributing to a 67% pass accuracy. But that's, I guess that's a discussion for another time. So in general, right, uh, we saw a really good high press going on. They weren't, they weren't packing, they weren't, uh, they weren't packing down and and uh, bunkering in, like you might see, uh, you know, Manchester United or some of the smaller clubs. It feels good to say some of the smaller clubs, doesn't it? Um, anyway, they, they they were they had a pretty good high press, right? Um, I think that the goal was to try to possess a little more, especially being at home, bring a little more energy. I know the fans at Goodison like it, you know, they like high high energy, um, quick paced. You know, nice flashy football and to be honest we haven't gotten that in a good while so it was really good to see um, one thing I did notice you know the first 15-20 minutes obviously nerves nerves were there per usual but I think that there was there was always that feel a good factor from the beginning with Sheamus being back and I think that added to the atmosphere quite a bit right when Walcott was able to snag that first goal in I want to say, what was that the 15th minute? It was a completely different team, completely different atmosphere. Goodison was roaring, and then he snagged a second before halftime, and I think uh, that was really the turning point in the match. I don't think anyone would have guessed uh, would have guessed at that point that you know we were going to be well one we were going to score two goals period, but two we were going to be up two nil by halftime. So that was that was fantastic to see up to that point. Uh, I actually thought to myself, you know, when, when Walcott scored the first goal, I texted my girlfriend and I was like, holy shit. One, this is awesome. But two, I can't remember the last time that I was actually excited about the fact that Everton scored before, you know, their opponent. Generally speaking, I can't, I honestly, most of the time, 95% of the time, we concede first and have to play catch-up. So that was awesome. That was a great feeling. Halftime, no changes, right? Uh, Coleman, you know, we saw him kind of grabbing his leg a little bit. He seemed a little uh, a little sore maybe at some point in the, in the first half, and I was kind of afraid he was going to come off at halftime for that or just because, you know, for fitness reasons. Um, but he didn't. Nobody came off at halftime. Continued, still looked Fantastic. Uh, I will say Nias missed quite a few chances. His work rate was phenomenal, but he missed two or three chances that he really should have buried. And uh, I think that this this match kind of epitomized, um, you know, his role at the club. Uh, pretty much now until the end, whenever that is. He's he's a decent player. He's got the perfect attitude for Everton. Um, his work rate is phenomenal. But he's just not—he's not the uh, the quality of player that Everton needs to go forward. He's just not. Um, do I think he could make it in the league long term? Absolutely. He could go to you know, uh, you know, some some of the smaller clubs. Maybe not. I'm not. I think he could shoot for better than you know some of the some of the clubs uh, being promoted each each uh, year. But I don't know that he would start at any of the you know the Watford or. West Ham, West Brom, uh, any of those clubs. So we'll see. I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to him staying for another year or two and, and uh, fulfilling you know his role off the bench. Because we have seen, regardless of what we want to say about him, that uh, he can score goals, especially when it's needed. Uh, more about the uh, the match. Coleman... Well, Coleman completed the entire 90 minutes. Big Sam said after the match that he had absolutely no intention of playing him for that long. But he essentially looked, He said that he looked good. He felt good. I mean, you saw, or maybe you didn't see, in I think the 92nd minute, he was bombing down, made like an 80-yard run down the pitch um, in some sort of a, a counterattacking um, attempt before a pass went astray. So, he looked fantastic. I would say, just behind Walcott, he would have been man of the match. Uh, Their link-up, Coleman and Walcott's link-up on the right-hand side looked amazing. First match together, Coleman's first match back in a year, and he looked like like his old self, maybe even better, to be honest. Him and Walcott already had some type of understanding, which is really, really promising, because as we all know, you know, it takes a bit to kind of understand and know, you know, where's Seamus going to be if I cut inside or, you know, when does, when does Theo want me to overlap, etc. So that was really promising. And you never know. I saw, I saw a bunch of people commenting on, on Reddit and Facebook and Twitter saying maybe we have the next Baines and P- Pinar. So we'll see. Let's hope, uh, let's hope it continues. So my man of the batch, Theo Walcott scored twice. Um, the first was assisted by Sigurdsson and the second by Keen. And I don't think anyone can argue with that at all. Um, he had crazy stamina. He was up and down the pitch the entire match. Great defensive, um, covering for Sheamus when he needed it. Uh, he showed really good strength, fantastic pace per usual and athleticism. Um, but even better finishing. So... You know, I I personally thought he was a fantastic signing. You know, he's he's a senior player, still good on 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 age. Um, he's played in the Champions League. He has, you know, he's obviously been successful in the league here. I think I think uh, one of the commentators said he had a goal in every four appearances for Arsenal. Keep in mind that's out wide, which is you know insane. That's a fantastic stat, and that's over however many games he has. Quite a bit. But one thing that the commentators pointed out, which I absolutely agreed with, and you have to pay really close attention to to see, is that his positioning is a lot more, a lot different than other wide midfielders or wingers. You know, if you think about Balassi, right, Bellassi always stays wide. You know, his main focus is to, you know, get the ball played down the right or left flank, tries to beat, tries to beat the fullback, and then he'll swing it across. That's pretty much, you know, one trick pony. As much as we all love him, that's what he's going to do every time, right? Um, Walcott, on the other hand, he likes to drift in a lot more. You can see him um, consistently making, you know, like the far post runs, which is how he scored his second goal. Actually, both goals. Now to think about it, both goals. Um, he's consistently kind of drifting in and out and, you know, kind of has that striker's instinct. Um and I think that that's that's really that really is how he kind of puts up the numbers that he does. Um, and to put it into perspective, he's played two matches for Everton, and he has one assist and two goals. So, you know, to say that Theo's on fire after joining is an understatement in my opinion. And again, I think that he's going to be a massive part of the t- of the squad to come over the next couple of years, to be honest. I think, again, it was a fantastic pickup. I was kind of confused about the lineup. Well, in general, um, Big Sam mentioned, I think, last week that Rooney and Sigurdsson could not play in the team together. He said that lack of pace kind of um, inhibits the team from being able to possess the ball well and work out of possession, and... You know, everyone kind of agreed with that statement, you know, before he made it a month or two ago because we kind of saw that they occupy the same area on the pitch, right? And, you know, Rooney definitely can't play out wide. Sigurdsson's a little bit quicker, but he's not quick by any any means. And, you know, you, you put Rooney in, he's going to play in the center, so Sigurdsson is pushed out left. And you don't get the best out of either of them. Um, so I think it was a huge shock to see both of them starting, especially after Big Sam's words literally saying verbatim, they cannot play in the team together. Um, and then, furthermore, the big thing that stuck out to me was why is Nias starting over our 27 million pound new signing Tosun? Um, last two matches, he looked fantastic when he actually uh, got the ball, when he wasn't deprived of service. And I can tell you right now, you know, in those in that limited amount of time, seeing him and watching a couple of videos and looking at his. Um, looking at the numbers he put up at Bashiktis and in the Champions League there's absolutely no way you can't tell me that you know he could have put a better shift in the Nias especially since his you know his stamina and work and work rate are right up there with Nias as well I saw a couple tweets and this was going on going all over Twitter and Facebook and Reddit uh, someone said that Tozun had some incident in training and he wasn't performing so he was dropped and then someone else said, oh, he had a slight injury, so he wasn't going to start. You know, a slight knock, he wasn't going to start. Maybe he'd, get a, maybe he'd get some time later on in the match, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Naturally, people being people uh, decided to spread. The first one, which was there was an issue in training. He wasn't performing. And I just don't know that I believe that. I don't know that I believe that. He doesn't seem like the type, you know, especially um, after all the Bashikdis fans talked about how he initially came to their club as the third string he never took vacations he stayed at the club he had his own trainers he worked around the clock every year he worked on the things that he was being criticized for the most you know whether that was his passing his finishing outside the box headers etc so I just don't see how that's possible I think I think and I hope that it was more so a matter of you know maybe he maybe he picked up a knock on the knee or something in training and he was left out for those reasons, but either way, in conclusion about the match, um, fantastic match. It finished 2-1, right? Rooney gave up a super soft penalty um, in which Vardy took, and it ended up uh, obviously scoring, making it 2-1. My only other gripe there was the fact that, you know, for those 15 minutes or so after he scored the penalty, I think that was the 70-minute mark. Um, Everton just looked super shaky, honestly. Like, it, it looked like you took, uh, you took a top four contending side in terms of attitude and work rate and um, cohesiveness, and Vardy scores a goal. Next thing you know, you got eleven players that uh, have never started a match in the Premier League before, and this is their first one. Uh, you know, on on uh, prime Sky Sports or you know NBC. So it's very confusing obviously the mental aspect is still extremely shaky uh I, I really hope that we can start building on these results you know we're getting coleman back belasti's working on getting fit again we have walcott we have to so i'm really really hoping that um things can start gelling again because we we have to hit um good form again soon to go on a couple a couple uh, a, a good run of games uh furthermore obviously good news right we were sitting in ninth Um, Leicester City was seventh, Burnley was eighth, and there were six points between us and the other two. Uh, Leicester City was just seventh by goal differential, if I'm not mistaken. So we took three points from the match. Burnley tied their match today 1-1, so we have gained significant ground on both of them, right? That uh, That puts us, what, three points behind Leicester and four behind Burnley, if I'm not mistaken. So... That's fantastic news, especially, again, if we can get a good run of games. We have these guys coming back. We have guys starting to gel into the team. Um, So that's super exciting, a lot to look forward to. And I'm feeling pretty optimistic, and I hope you are as well. So finishing up uh, the post-match analysis, um, we're going to go into a transfer window roundup, right? So we're going to start with the outs. Um, I'm going to start off with the first team, and I'll give you know my opinion, um, things I've seen or heard. And then I won't go into as much detail as uh, for the younger guys, the U23s, U18s, etc. Um, so to start off with, here's the, uh, here's the uh, perfect one to start with. Ross Barkley went to Chelsea, if anyone is wondering. He came on for their cup match, I think, last week. That was his first appearance. And he, from what I heard and from what I saw, he was absolutely terrible. Today, he started. Uh, he started their match, and he was subbed off. I want to say, fifty to sixty minute mark, and they lost three nil at home to Bournemouth. I saw a, a pretty funny tweet earlier that said, um, "It said Fabregas on for Barkley. Uh, Chelsea now have eleven men on the pitch again." So if you're wondering how it's going for Ross Barkley, uh, it doesn't seem like it's going too well. But, you know, regardless, I'm going to try to be a decent human being and wish him luck. Next up, Kevin Morales. Uh, He went on loan for the rest of the season to Olympiacos. Um, If I'm not mistaken, there's probably an option to buy, if not some type of gentleman's agreement, because it's been quite obvious for, you know, two or three years now that he doesn't want to be here. Um, But... Watching his return, he had a hero's welcome for sure. He's been starting the matches since he's been. They've been playing pretty well, and he seems like he's enjoying his football again. Aaron Aaron Lennon joined Burnley. It seemed like we got a pretty good return on investment there. Uh, He's 30 years old. His contract was up in the summer. There's no way he was going to be offered a new contract when you got guys like Lookman and Vlasic coming through. Um, And I actually believe that he made an appearance for Burnley today. I saw him tweet about it, and he seems pretty happy. So all we can do is wish Aaron Lennon the best of luck. Next up, Sandro went to Sevilla on loan as of today. Um, I didn't see, again, I didn't see officially um, an option to buy and I hope there's not. um, Because quite honestly, I think that he could become, you know, a fantastic player. I'm kind of bummed that he didn't go to a Premier League side because I really do think that he has a ton of potential. You know, he's a Barca Academy product. You know, the skill, uh, the work rate, it's all there. I just think that, you know, he he had to... He just wasn't adapting to the pace of the game or the physicality of the game in England. Um, You know, along with a lot of other things, a lot of people don't take into account the personal things like, you know, adapting to a new culture, whether, right, whether in England compared to Spain is obviously a whole lot different, Um, that sort of thing. So a lot of times it's hard for players mentally to... Adapt, and that's obviously going to affect their game. So, I think Sevilla in general is a good loan. I would have preferred a Premier League club, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, um, he'll get some matches under his belt. Uh, you know, get back to match fitness pretty quickly, and then we'll see him in the summertime for uh, a full uh, preseason. Next up, we have Luckman. Luckman went out, went to uh, Leipzig in Germany on loan, and that one was pretty interesting because a couple days ago. Big Sam mentioned that Luckman, specifically by name Luckman, was not going to be leaving this window, whether that was loan or transfer, and then all of a sudden today he gets loaned to Leipzig. And I saw a quote saying, from Big Sam, saying that he didn't want Luckman to leave and that they tried to talk Luckman out of it, but he absolutely insisted, and he used the word quote-unquote stubbornness um, as to why Luckman went to Leipzig in Germany. And that's kind of alarming to me because obviously you'd have to be blind um, to not see the fact that Lookman is one of the most promising players we've had come through at that age in a long time. Obviously, along with a lot, of, a lot of the other guys we have in the squad at the moment, to be honest. Um, and to think that he would be that upset with his, with his uh, time on the pitch to you know, go against what the manager and the trainers were saying and force a loan move to Leipzig... You know, that's kind of that's kind of scary. So we'll see how it works out. I think you I think I personally think if he was gonna go on loan, I think that's an awesome destination to go, right? Um, I think they play football, they play, they play fast-paced football that would really suit him. Um, I think that he'll get some time there. You know, different atmosphere. I personally rate the the Bundesliga uh, the second best league in the world. You know, their arguments Spain, Italy, whatever else. I don't think anyone argues France. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a good move for him. And then, lastly, we have Besic to Middlesbrough on loan um, till the end of the season. I think that's a good move for uh, Mo Besic as well. Obviously, a Champions League or a Champions League championship side. uh, I think the biggest thing for him is just to get a a run of matches under his belt. You know, he's been injured for you know the last two years, pretty much since since he came to Everton. I believe it was twenty fifteen. And, uh, you know, all the Evertonians pretty much like him. Um, I remember one of the last matches I remember was against City, and he absolutely bossed it. I think that he's a really fantastic player. He's not old. I think he's still 24, 25, maybe 25 now. I think I saw 25. Uh, so I think I think the biggest thing is go to the championship, get fit, get a run of games in, and then come back for preseason. So that rounds out the outs. For the first team, Um, just to go through real quick, the younger guys. So we had Gethin Jones transfer permanently to Fleetwood Town. We had Liam Walsh transfer to Bristol City. That one, for me, I don't keep up with the U23s or the U18s as much as, obviously, the first team. Um, It's kind of hard for me to do that. But from what I remember and from what I've seen and heard, Liam Walsh, I thought, was supposed to be a really, really promising central midfielder. So that's kind of confusing as to why he went to Bristol City, but I guess, you know, that's not for me to decide. Uh, Anthony Robinson went to, uh, or extended his loan at Bolton. Harry Charlesley uh, went on loan to Bolton. Boris Mathis went to Northampton Town on loan. And then lastly, Lewis Gray, the uh, U23 keeper, went to Carl's, Carlisle United on loan. Now the exciting stuff. Um, in, right, we had... Jank Tosun from Bashiktas, our, well, supposed starting striker. Um, he's looked fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Good touch, great work rate. Um, he's had some pretty good intelligent. I remember specifically uh, the last match, I guess that was about 10 days ago now. He had some pretty nice flicks onto Walcott. And nice link-up play into midfield. Um, so I'm really excited to see how he pans out, but I think he's going to be a good addition. It looks like he's already up to speed as far as you know strength is concerned um, for the league itself. We had Theo Walcott from Arsenal. Again, in two matches, he has one assist, two goals. He's looked absolutely outstanding. And then lastly, as of about an hour ago, we have uh, Mangala from City on loan till the end of the season. So this one's kind of exciting. A lot of people seem kind of upset about it. But here's what I think, right? I'm going to be optimistic. I generally, speaking, try to um, choose optimism over pessimism. But Mangala, he's 26 years old, right? When I saw that today, I was literally taken aback. I thought he was on the other side of 30 because it feels like he's been around so long. But Mangala's 26 years old, right? He's a left-footed center back. The only other person we have is Funes Mori, who hasn't played in... A good while. I want to see. He got hurt in March also. I think he got hurt the same the same weekend that uh, Coleman did. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so he's a left-footed center back. He's 26 years old, right? He fits the big sand mold, right? He's tall. He's extremely strong. He's aggressive, good at tackling. He's just not the one to pick out a pass from the back like Stones, you know, or uh, City's new, new center back signing is. That's That's the thing. Um, but I think that Everton kind of gives him a platform to get a run of games in and really solidify himself and his you know his style of play under Big Sam. I think I think that it's going to be a really uh, a really good loan for us and for him. and uh, I didn't see it officially um, an option to buy, but I would assume that there's some type of gentleman's agreement um, there for the end of the season and, To be honest, I'm really, really hoping it pans out, and I hope that we exercise it, whether it's official or not. Um, Obviously, again, pending how he does. But I think that that would be a fantastic signing for us. Again, only 26. Um, He's won the league. I don't know what else I need to say. So, again, I'd like to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, If you would, please check out my website, americantoffee.net, And also follow me on Twitter, at Virginia Toffee. Um, That's kind of how I'm trying to uh, spread the news, keep you guys updated on new episodes and things I'm thinking, etc. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend.